Three, two, one. Welcome. This is episode number 10 for the Healthzilla Weekly Podcast. We are here in beautiful Singapore once again um, and ready for the next episode. Uh, obviously, the world is grappling with an unprecedented um, virus threat uh, currently and different countries are locking down themselves right now and people are feeling a lot of distress over these um, difficult times as we need to do some social distancing measures and so forth. So in this episode, we will be diving deep into um, methods of coping with stressful situations and how we can actually refocus ourselves and and help others to uh, feel a sense of joy and comfort as well um, over these um, more difficult periods of time and obviously these these same methods can then be used hopefully in uh, in wider concepts of of life as well. Um, Today I'm joined by um, Anna Kiukas-Peresen, welcome. Thank you. And Laura Ranin. How are you Laura? Thank you, I'm great thank you and I'm so happy we decided to do this face-to-face and not remotely over Skype. Indeed, indeed. Even though there is a, an aspect of social distancing, so we are keeping about a meter uh, in between us anyway, so we are And didn't shake hands. <laughs> didn't shake hands as well, so uh, do, do make sure you, you take your, your own uh, measures um, to prevent the spread as well, obviously. So Anna, thank you so much for joining us um, here um, uh, for, this, uh, for this podcast. You are an, an executive and team coach. So you've been coaching executives for most of your career, apparently, right? Yeah. Could you give, give us a short background to yourself? Yeah, so um, I, I think I should say most of my careers, because I've had two. I've been lucky enough to have two. So um, my current job is executive and team coach, as you said, Nico, and uh, I've been doing that uh, full-time for the past eight years now. But before that, I was uh, an economist. So I did a very different job, working in investment banking and financial services regulation uh, in the UK. So uh, crisis has always been my bread and butter. But I look at it from a different angle course, these yeah. days. So I, I have to ask you this question. How did you, did you make the transition from being an economist to... Uh, to an executive coach. How did that happen? A leap of faith. Okay. A leap of faith. Was that more towards and what you wanted to do? Or, or? So, um, I guess I was always the one uh, people manager in finance who actually enjoyed dealing with people and managing the issues. Everybody else was kind of like, oh my gosh, this is a real drag. And I'm like, no, this is really interesting. And how do we come together? And um, what I, um, I had a real baptism by fire because I was promoted to be a team lead um, a month before Lehman Brothers went bust when I was working at the regulator. And um, my team was a real motley crew of completely untested grads, you know, who just joined uh, the process, people who joined um, the regulator from outside and a couple of, uh, let's just say, more seasoned um, regulators but who'd been getting quite cynical and fed up with the whole system. And then we are faced with the biggest nightmare of uh, uh, regulation when all the banks started going bust. So what I found really interesting was how to get best out of people not wishing that you'd had different people in your team, but how do you make uh, the best out of the situation? And um, now looking back, that was one of the highlights of my career. 
But then um, when I relocated to Singapore, the this, finance... This was... Uh, 2012. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's been a while. Um, the jobs that I was getting involved in didn't really um, excite me sure. as much. Well, you know, everything... So you were still in the financial sector? I was still in the financial services. I was working in a startup, um, doing some pretty innovative stuff, and I'm sure it will come through someday. But then um, I was invited to participate as a, a faculty member in a program at National University of Singapore's business school. And it, that was kind of like the dramatic moment for me. I was like, yes, this is what I want to spend. What you want to do. Wanna do. Yeah. And I've never looked back. Fantastic. You know? And, and uh, yeah, that's the sort of person I am. I sort of go straight in and figure Fabulous. it out. Yeah. And currently you run your own business? Though? That's right. So I've got my own uh, coaching practice here in Singapore. So I work with a lot of um, uh, different kinds of people. Um, some people who are trying to make an inflection point in their careers, sort of late 30s, early 40s, um, um, and really want to get to the next level. Or they've been promoted and they're like, oh my gosh, what do I do now? Or they want to do some sort of pivots. Um, and as well as teams, um, you know, how to get the teams working uh, well together and uh, start up partnerships as well. Fantastic. Now, um, obviously, you've, you've seen a lot in your career. You've seen a lot of uh, personal crises and team yeah. crises, companies in crisis, economies yeah. in crisis, and yeah. banks and everything else as well. So how do you, how do you sort of um, see this current situation affecting people uh, across mm. the world and, and, and all that? Yeah, so um, in every crisis, especially in financial crisis, there is this saying that this time it's different. You know, the lessons of the past don't apply and oh my gosh and yeah. all the rest of it. And that's not really true in my experience. There's a very, a lot of similarities. Some of the details look different, you know, where it started, who's hardest hit, how long it takes. But what, what is similar is the fear. And the fear is real, it's there. And people think, oh my gosh, we're never going to find a solution. The life as we know it has come. And it's fed it. by all the information out there, which is not sort of, you know, yeah, regulated at all. Anybody can post anything. Yeah, so I think that's probably one of the differences is, it, you know, how much it aggravates the fear factor. And um, to, to be constantly bombarded by the news and different views. And I heard this and I heard that. There is a reason why uh, the government say don't spread rumours, yeah. stick to the official things. So I, I think that's maybe uh, one difference. Um, but the fear has always existed. Uh, whilst we're in the middle of the crisis, we can't see a way out. A way out will emerge. You know, how and when, we don't know yet, but it will happen. And uh, it, this sort of crisis are a great litmus test. Oh, yeah, for absolutely. leadership, sure. yeah. right? There are people who are stepping forward beyond their rank, beyond their uh, position, beyond their responsibilities, and they are going to be counted. For some others, there might be a huge ramp up in the demand for what they need to do, and they're not able to step up. And a crisis like this really uh, exposes that, mm -hmm. and you can become irrelevant almost overnight. 
Absolutely. And it, it, it's one of these things that, and it's actually brilliant that you mentioned the word fear, because it is so evident and the fear is fed by the continuous stream of news from across the world in whichever crisis, but especially now as, as it is much more than a financial crisis, even though it is that as well, but it is mostly a health crisis which touches mm. everyone on this planet. So hence that, that raises very alarming levels of fear. Um, and obviously can be very sometimes unprecedented as well mm -hmm. like there isn't any like factual uh, grounding to that fear mm -hmm. as well so do you have any like how how would you sort of approach um, mm -hmm. the, the fear management or overcoming the fear so I think here's a like a really basic uh, part of science and I'm not a science uh, uh, medical expert but What's really important is to understand how our brains work. You know, we have the most primitive parts of brain right at the top of our brainstem, called the amygdala, and that is by evolution created to deal with the most primitive part of feelings, like fear, as you know. Um, so when that takes over, until you feel safe, you cannot engage the rational part of your brain. So here is where the leadership. Of whether it's an organization, whether it's in a family, or even at a sort of national, international level, you need to get people to feel some basic level of safety so that they can start taking uh, uh, rational responses. So I think that's another reason why there's going to be such, there's such a huge demand for leadership. But uh, there's an element of self leadership that everybody can exercise. Who recognise that I'm afraid, you know, I, I'm afraid I don't get paralysed by the fear because I recognise that that fear is a feeling that comes. A biological feeling which you can't necessarily do anything about. Yeah, right? yeah. so it, it has a function. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me take the right precautions, you know, to wash my hands, to stay at home if I'm exhibiting any symptoms. But you shouldn't, um, just like you get a signal if you put your uh, hand in a boiling water. You know, the pain sends you a useful signal, get your hand out. Yeah. You know, a bit like that. We should take our attention away from the things that um, cause us more pain, cause us more fear. And that's where we can put the phone away. Stop talking about uh, the... COVID situation, do exercise, you know, whatever you need just to get away from it. So that, that would be my approach. Exactly, which is absolutely brilliant, which comes um, directly back into focus on whatever is under your control, what mm. you can control in life, right? So because of the fact that we cannot control anything else but our actions and reactions to whatever happens around us. So we can wash our hands and we can focus on doing the home workout, for example. We can f mm. uh, focus on making the FaceTime call to our, our parents, uh, elderly parents, or whatever it is um, that, that might be there. And it's not, it's not easy, um, but I guess the, the sort of what, wherever you can start, even, even though how, how minor it might be the step mm. to do something else, to refocus your mind out of, yeah. out of the fear factor, yeah. right? Some is better than none. <laughs> now, you speak a lot about resiliency, um, yeah. right? Um, now, resiliency is something that, that has to be inbuilt into 
uh, the whole humanity. And obviously humanity is, is full of resiliency. But maybe I'm just thinking that maybe the recent times of economic boom, um, the past decade or so, uh, mm. give or take, where there hasn't been any major wars or crises or, or whatnot, um, least uh, to mm, majority in the Western of, society yeah Western society of course that mm. doesn't apply to everything but if you look at it from a historical perspective then we've lived the, the, the most uh, prosperous decade um, yeah. uh, uh, for all time so maybe we've lost some of that resiliency um, as a society um, and societies um, across the world so how could we as individuals and societies businesses teams families mm -hmm. as well you know, start rebuilding that resiliency at yeah. the time of crisis. Yeah, so, so the in interesting thing about resilience is that research seems to be quite conclusive that uh, whilst some people seem to have been born uh, with more innate talent, uh, that, that talents that are conducive to uh, remaining resilient, uh, resilient, a huge part of resilience is actually learnt and taught. So our experiences um, uh, really form that. Um, so I think where it really starts is, is how we're bringing up our children. Are we making sure that they have some difficult experiences? That they go to school and they haven't got the right kit because they didn't get organised? Or do, does mum or dad fix that for them, right? right? So it, it starts at that, that kind of um, basic level. Then it really also starts as saying, okay, a bit like um, muscle group that you haven't been exercising in the gym. Yeah, of course it's weak. Okay, let's, let's start working at it. Let's, let's do some exercises. And I think many organizations are actually even before this most recent crisis and current sure. crisis yeah. started to build that up but it will take conscious effort and just like going to the gym for the first time when you haven't been working out it's going to be a little bit painful and it's going to be weak but that's it's starting to flex the muscle and um, um, and the very first step i would say is that we have to accept and acknowledge and speak about when we are struggling. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, denial is not the answer. It is sort of funny how this obviously differs a bit across different cultures, but it is mainly the same that we are as human beings um, shy of speaking about our own weaknesses or mm -hmm. fears or, or something yeah. that we were not able to do, right? So yeah. as we are not embracing that radical transparency mm -hmm. spec, that also limits us from actually mm -hmm. developing that resiliency mm -hmm. um, as well. What I've noticed myself um, you know, over the recent two years is I've studied the concept of radical transparency, mm -hmm. just opening up myself up fully about my fears and whatever happens in okay. my life to anybody, like almost anybody, right? Um, and how that's sort of pushed me beyond my, my, my sort of mm. comfort zone. Um, but at the same time, it's made me 
from an emotional perspective, extremely resilient, at least that's how I feel, okay. uh, compared to the previous mm. me that was mm. there. So it, it is kind of interesting. And then the second point which you mentioned is that resilience is actually built through conscious effort to push yourself beyond your comfort zone. Mm. Whether it is, you know, when, you're, when you are a child, you, you need to do, do something, you need to do something hard every day, such as mm. study or learn that mom and dad don't, doesn't organize everything that you have mm. to do stuff yourself as well and when you when you're obviously an adult and you need to take care of your health by going to the gym which is hard and working out and taking care of your health and pushing yourself continuously mm. forwards in in your um, you know educational mindset emotional mindset as well and probably also try out new things that you're not good at even as a, as a grown-up I oh, think for absolutely. children this is like a constant thing at school mm-hmm. you need to learn new things you need to present them even at the risk of your peers laughing at you or you know mm. it, it's a super uncomfortable time being at school but once we graduate and, and go to working life you know you, you stick to your numbers if, if you're in the financial sector or you mm-hmm. stick to your code if you're a developer or you stick to whatever you're good at yeah and the segmentation is so clear yeah and and I don't think we can afford to do that anymore as adults maybe that pattern would have held in the past but the change uh, pace of change in the world is now such that unless we keep on learning we we won't uh, remain relevant and I, I love that you both bring up the concept of a mindset so growth mindset is really critical part of this I can't do this yet yeah. you know I haven't mastered this yet but I will as long as I'm willing to put in the effort, as long as I'm deploying good strategies, and if there's somebody to support me, right? Such an important uh, context of this growth mind- mindset. Do you, do you care to uh, ex- uh, you know, open, yeah. open that up a bit more? Yeah, so those three elements of the growth mindset, is, so whether you think that ability is something that's fixed or given or something that you can build upon and improve. And um, Dr. Carol Dweck from America is the author of the most famous book. And, um, you know, she really uh, focuses on these three elements of your own effort, ability to deploy good strategies and getting support. And I think this is one thing where say, okay, this is a self-leadership point but you cannot just put it on an individual. Your life circumstances, you know, whether it is your family surroundings, your school surrounding growing up, the workplace, the cultural context, you know, do you have support around, right? What if you find yourself in a situation where you just have to face it? You don't have anyone, like any person to support you. Let's say your spouse doesn't support your goals or your family doesn't approve or support um, would it be possible to seek for that kind of support maybe in literature or some yeah. kind of other like inspirational figures out there or does it really have to be like hands-on it doesn't have to be hands-on it okay. doesn't have to be hands-on if, if you can kind of get some support some inspiration from somewhere else believe that one day and this um, aspect of hope is really important for resilience. 
one day this will change. Today things are bad. Today I'm alone. I will find my people. And here is where I think technology has made a huge impact. You know, way back when, when I was growing up in not quite rural Finland, but not far from it. And, you know, you were limited by the people who were around you. Now you can connect via the internet uh, application to, to find people who are in that same situation. And I know that's been a huge boost oh, yeah. uh, to all, uh, all sorts of people around the world. Now, if we think of the, the growth mindset in terms of the, the current situation, then what, what that would potentially mean is that, you know, as we do need to do self-isolation moves and social distancing and all that, mm. so we need, just need to accept the situation what it is and simply um, accept that as a truth, as a fact and nothing to be afraid of as such and basically ex- then explore the opportunities. Okay, well, given the circumstances, what we have, for example, as a family somewhere in the US or Finland, for example, um, that, okay, we're going to do like homeschooling to our mm. kids. We're going to, um, you know, enjoy some mm-hmm. good quality family time and, and to, just to make the most of that situation and think, okay, mm. how can we make this a bit better, correct? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think structure is incredibly uh, oh, important, yes. right? Even the people who like to work from home, emphasize the effect of having routines you know how you do your work how you structure your days when your normal you still routines. need to you know take a shower in the morning and have your breakfast and then dig deep into work yes. then have your lunch break and so on because you know if you try to work in your pajamas you kind of lose it it's over time sleepy. <laughs> it's sleepy it it, is, it's, it you're is. not going to bring your best game mm. forward right absolutely and 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 we we need to be ready that this might be if not quite the new normal, you know, for a long Very period long of time. Yeah. Yeah. Which probably will be, will be the case anyway, um, uh, just based on a recent information about this whole situation. So it is something that, that we all need to take into consideration that, that, you know, growth mindset, flexible mindset about the world around us. Mm. Uh, it's interesting you mentioned about the speed of change in the world and, and how we need to learn new things con- continuously to mm. stay relevant. If you look at the whole current situation with the coronavirus um, mm. about two to three weeks ago, maybe a month, let's let's wind it back to about a month to mid-February something yeah. like that. In, especially in Europe, US, we're like living a yeah. rosy dream and nothing was going to happen. And so yeah. just out of nowhere, everything's closed. Worldwide, mm-hmm. air travel's closed, financial markets is is crashing, the virus is spreading all across. So it's, it is just highlights the speed of, of the change that it suddenly just screeches uh, into a halt. So mm. we need to adapt into this new norm, which mm. might be the case for uh, yeah. quite a long time. Right? Absolutely. You, you need to um, be prepared. That's what you see in uh, definitely when you look at past crises. The organizations, the people who were prepared, um, who had contingency plans, who had thought about what if things don't go according to plan. They're, they are the ones who can remain uh, more functional. They feel safer Absolutely. because they've practiced for it. And because they feel safer, they don't get sucked down into their amygdala, into their most primitive part of the brain, but they can still remain in the creative part of the brain, cognitively able to make new decisions and uh, find a way forward. 
absolutely, absolutely. It is, it is something that, that obviously you've probably seen in your career many times, different mm. examples of different types of A, people and B, organizations. Mm. Some of who have taken the fixed mindset approach and some of who have taken the growth mm. mindset approach, mm. where you see companies like the grand old Nokias and, and, and mm. the, the other, other ones who just crashes down and burns basically. Yeah did not uh, embrace the change mm. uh, and, and learn new things and push themselves. I'm sure you've seen examples of these quite a, quite, quite a lot. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, in all of my old career in banking and finance, oh, yeah. you know, like there's a graveyard of uh, banks, you know, the bank where I started uh, uh, my career, uh, Merrill Lynch, mm. uh, you know, was uh, done and dusted uh, very soon course, after the financial crisis hit and it was inconceivable mm. even two years even you know almost two months before because uh, it is it is so different uh, but new things will come out yeah, yeah. always always will that's yeah. for sure and then I wanted to ask on an individual level mm-hmm. sort of um, you already mentioned you know just the the very basics, like take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. In the in the times of a crisis, just you know, um, exercise, eat mm-hmm. well, yeah. um, you know, get some fresh air. Even if you know you're supposed to be in, in at home, Karen, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. you know, just not leave the, the the place, but you know, open the windows and, and get some fresh air. Yeah. But what are the additional steps that you could take? You know, if you're taking care of the very basics. Just you know, um, ensuring that your body is doing well, mm. um, like going to the sort of the mental strengthening side of things. Yeah. What would be sort of your tips on how to strengthen your resilience and sort of cope with the change and crisis and, and fear? Yeah. So um, I think um, one of the things I would highlight again is being aware of your own feelings. Right, um, and just <coughs> noticing them, and noticing them as clouds in the sky. They come and go. They're, they're not permanent. Yeah. Right, but just noticing. Oh, I'm feeling like this because you know, I I'm frustrated because I still have to be at home for another ten days. Yeah, you know. Um, Would I'm, it help to talk about it with someone, or is it enough that you just say to yourself in your own mind? So I, I would say something more than just saying it in your own mind. Uh, so either writing it down, you know, old-fashioned pen and paper or Apple pen and iPad, you know, or a device of your own brand and choosing, um, um, or using um, apps. There, there's a great um, app that I recommend to everybody called the Mood Meter, okay. a free app where you can, you know, kind of monitor your own emotions and see what patterns emerge. Some people find it uh, helpful to speak to others, yeah. but, to, to, but to some that feels a very scary place. Yeah. You know, well, what you were saying about radical transparency, for a lot of people that would just of course. lock, lock and that them. might actually make your companion a bit uncomfortable. I would imagine if you're this Nico, I open up myself to everybody the others who are not used to that, it might be a bit strange in the beginning. In the, be- in the beginning, yes, but uh, in the long term, it's only going to be beneficial for everyone, I think. 
Yeah, so it is really it depends on your situation, but I wouldn't, you know, sometimes people say it's good to talk, and it can be. I'm definitely one person who can say, even when I don't really feel like talking about things, talking yeah. helps. Yeah. But I wouldn't say, but it does definitely need to be, you know, I say, name it to tame it. <laughs> name it to tame it, and unless you get it out of your brain, you're not going to make it explicit enough for you to be able to tame it. Yeah. So that would be uh, one of one of the things. Um, and then when you start noticing things, you might notice if you are involved in patterns. Uh, a very typical pattern is uh, one where you exaggerate the negative and underplay the positive. You're kind of like our calibration or reading of the signals is wrong. But that's kind of inbuilt us uh, as humans, I think. I, I just very recently listened to a podcast mm-hmm. uh, which was stating, and this was like scientifically backed up, that mm. you know, us humans, we tend to focus on the negative and undermine the positive. Oh, yeah. It was, I don't know if it relates to the times when we're still cavemen or, you know, whatever it was, like, you you, you would focus on, you know, avoiding the, the lion or whatever beast was, was out there. It's got to be something biological to that. I, I, can, I can recognize that. Okay, I, this is my fixed mindset alert going here, right? <laughs> Saying, oh, it must be something fixed in biology. People are like this. Guys, yes. Many people have this. Yeah. Is it inevitable that you have to have this? No. But it, it, I, I have to say it is. I mean, even though I, I'm a big proponent of growth mindset, I, I try to educate myself continuously mm. on this. Sometimes it's ridiculously hard to get out of there. Yeah. Um, and just, I'll, I'll just give, give an example yeah. with regards to this current situation mm. about this topic. Is that, okay, currently we have across the world recorded cases of coronavirus 182,000 give or take today is the 6th 17th of Mm. March and we all focus on okay there's so many people getting infected and so many people die but then we forget that there's 80,000 people who have fully recovered from this and it's like well yeah that's uh, almost half of them already Mm. fully recovered so that's a it's a positive thing which we all sort of forget yeah yeah so there is this reinforcing pattern that because people you know Fear and um, danger signals were absolutely critical for us to spot for survival. So that there is that reason why amygdala is wired like that and it takes priority. And we can learn how to control that and not give in to the caveman mindset um, or cave woman mindset. Uh, equal opportunities for for both genders to be primitive, and so it is hard. It's not impossible. So, do you have any any sort of tools what people could use to get out of that? Mm. So, um, a very simple uh, technique is often you need somebody else to point out sure. this distortion because it is a blind spot. Mm. To us, yeah, yeah. right? It's a blind spot which, by definition, we cannot see for ourselves. So nobody is failing if you have have this, right? Um, so when you have this, then it might be easier to start spotting it. So, for example, what you said, 
or I kept reading about all of the cases of uh, people falling sick, not about recovery. Okay, um, uh, which means that you know I think you know whatever. But you can then sort of say, okay, if I was to redo that thought, yeah. you know, how would I write it down in a different way to looking at it more positive? So that's the exercise: pause, notice, reframe. Yeah, absolutely. No, oh, that's that's brilliant. That's. Something I, I've tried to uh, to utilize in my own life as well, and I'm seeing mm. seeing some some uh, positive outcomes already. Uh, yeah, but it it is something that you need to continuously practice because it will only come through practice. Because then, when when it becomes a habit, that you when you find yourself in that negative mm. uh, loop of thought, then you pause and, and rethink that. Mm. But it, it requires quite a lot of like mindful focus and, uh, to build up that habit. And I also think it's a it's a great thing to have small people around you, because I noticed with the with the kids, um, you know, they hear lots about this virus and they're slightly worried, like you know, mom, mm-hmm. what's happening in the world, and you know, the school might be closed soon. Mm-hmm. And then when I explain it to them, it's like I focus on exactly the the great recovery rate. I focus on the number of people who already, you know, recovered and been released from the hospital in Singapore mm-hmm. and the fact that despite this is a very tiny island with with almost six million people, we only have like about two hundred cases so far and half of them have been released already. Mm. So it's interesting that when I want want to sort of prevent these tiny cute people from having that fear I managed to completely rephrase my thoughts and my worries in a way that it you know it spreads this calm around me mm. whereas when I lie in bed and I think about the, the stats I would like by nature focus on the, the big numbers of infected people mm. but that's that, that's interesting like, yeah yeah and I, I love that that you brought that example because it really demonstrates how people are able to make these changes which yeah, as we've discussed are so difficult like you have to be highly motivated so I work with professionals uh, executives senior leaders and are they making changes in their behaviors what willing to reassess their mindsets because of profits or KPIs no they're usually doing it because something in their personal circumstances makes right. the prize worth the effort It's either their kids, how do I want to come across to my children? How do I want to come across to my spouse? Am I being the sort of a friend or a child or sibling that I want to be? But typically, the biggest drivers are children and a romantic interest. There is a big enough why. Yeah, yeah. And and, and, and this is the thing, you know, um, we are whole human beings. All the time. So if this shows up in one part of our life, it will crop up the same pattern again. So whilst you might think that your um, um, uh, attention to all of the things that could go wrong are really helpful in the workplace, just imagine what it must be like if you know you, you will have that same mindset when you go and have dinner with your friends. You might think that you're moderating it, but Perhaps not as much. Probably not, and then yeah. your, your friends, family, whoever you are with, will notice it as well, and they will get influenced by, by mm. your, your negative mindset. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, yay, Laura. Yeah, <laughs> you just talk to everybody like you would talk to children. 
Yeah, but it's not just that. It's that because you want to be the best version of yourself when you are with your own children, right? Yeah, yeah. Now that, that's the huge motivating is, factor, yeah. right? And Even when it's not... Also protect them from unnecessary information and, like, I would say, like, like just having the, the real facts on the table. Yeah. Not the scary ones that might, you know, might look awful in certain light, but just focusing on the real facts of, you know, people are still recovering, being released from the hospital mm. and, you know, we're getting, uh, we're getting new vaccines and, and new solutions. The EU is currently funding a lot of projects uh, related to sort of early detection and, and um, all sorts of things related to the virus. So there are lots of great things in, in yeah. And you know, in full swing, mm. that we can together like make this happen. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So those are again two key parts to resilience: is the optimism. Yeah. You know, focusing on the positive things that are going yeah. going on, um, and the other part, which is the together. Yeah. If 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 you listen to um, a lot of the leaders, that you know, that is the language that they're using. Because that's also a very important part of resilience. PM Lee's speech was amazing. Yeah. Uh, Singapore Prime Minister, Finnish Prime Minister, uh, Danish Prime Minister did a special press conference for the children of Denmark to to make sure that everybody can understand and, you know, what's, what's going on, why are they closing the schools. So this idea that you're part of something it makes uh, resilience a lot lot easier whether it's your family whether it's your uh, religious community or uh, nation that you belong to it it really gives a lot of boost and I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased that in many places leaders have been able to bring that forward and I know that in um, companies as well when uh, the business is really suffering when everybody knows that uh, very hard decisions will be yeah, taken very soon, that yeah. they are able to speak, mm-hmm. still speak to that together, united yeah. language, Th- even this, when it's very hard. This will be, this is a brilliant topic, by the way, because it will be something that is is on the front line of, of this current crisis mm. everywhere in, in the societies, both on the personal, familial, um, community level in companies, in nations, in everywhere, basically, because of the fact that this this crisis causes so many disruptions to everything, right? Yeah. To your social connections, to your family life, in your employment, in your company where you work for, in the country you are in. Mm. It's 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 all that, and <clears throat> basically, what this could also also be saying is that um, during these times, even though we are uh, requested and, and sometimes ordered to socially isolate ourselves and, and just you know mm-hmm. make sure there's that social dis- social distance, which is obviously the right thing to do to prevent this virus from spread- spreading. But at the same time, we live in a world where the means of communication can or, or is there, so you can do FaceTime calls mm-hmm. or whichever Skype calls yeah. with your parents, with your friends, with your uh, family members, with whoever. 
So it is maybe a t- maybe a great opportunity at the same time to to Absolutely. re-engage and make sure we make the effort to reconnect with our families, communities, yeah. friends, and all all that as well. Yeah. So um, I, I tell you another app that you probably are already familiar with, but this uh, video calling app called Marco Polo, where you can record video oh. messages. So you can either be live. But I'm actually using it to connect with some of my friends and colleagues mm. in North America, where the time zone oh, often yeah, sure, means sure. that. Yeah. And it's actually really nice because we record it when we are like going to work to yeah. say, "Hey, just checking in this morning. This is what's happening." Uh, my Canadian colleague, she was skating on a lake on Aww. a beautiful. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Nice. Uh, so envious. But you know, just those connections. There are many different ways. If we just allow ourselves to be uh, creative, and it actually it makes me feel a lot better that there are these people who are thousands of uh, kilometers away from me, and who knows when we can meet face to face. But there is a connection going, and it is it is a different. There's a difference between having a normal like a a like sound call only, and, and or sound message, a mm. voice message which you would send, versus actually having the the face face-to-face contact even though it's not face-to-face but when you see that other person's face as well it makes it so much more um, connective yeah so this is my statistics in inject here 70% of messaging is nonverbal so yeah, that's absolutely. why the video calls are so important absolutely. we feel feel so much better connected when we can see the facial expression when we can see the other person's yeah. eyes yeah. Um, you know May I actually ask, um, this is a, a bit of a sidetrack, but um, maybe a um, relatively sensitive topic for people who might be uh, facing this difficult issue of maybe losing their job due to the crisis. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, for us who are privileged enough that we know we can work remotely, we can do video conferencing, we can reschedule stuff, we can sort of cope with it even if it sort of has a huge impact on all businesses what about those employees who know that you know uh, like on on top of my mind let's say airlines they're having huge difficulties right now Um, any tips or you know any strategies or anything that would help to sort of is it helpful to start building like a backup plan or you know, pray or what would you recommend? Like how? Because that kind of a fear, um, I would imagine it's really straining uh, for someone. Because in most cases, the, the layoffs and, and such they come a bit of um, as a surprise. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, if the company is not doing well, they just simply announce, okay, we're gonna, you know. Um, let go of 200 people and you might be one of the unlucky ones but it's not like a really long process whereas here like this virus uh, we don't know how long it's going to last it might be I don't know six months and you just see your company being uh, you know being hit by more and more uh, economic um, consequences and you just start accumulating those thoughts Mm. that I might really lose my job Mm. So do you have any practical tips on how to cope in that kind of awful situation? 
Well, um, as, as you were talking about it, I was brought back to my investment banking days um, because basically I joined an East European team at the bank uh, one week after Russia had defaulted on all its government debt okay, in yeah. 1998. By the end of my first week, more than <coughs> half the people in the team had been let go. Wow. And um, I, I was in investment banking for six years. It wasn't quite quarterly layoffs, but not far off. Uh, so there was this constant fear uh, going on. And what, what I can say is that I really empathize with people who are going through that. Because that is a very difficult situation um, and something that you have uh, little or no control. Yeah. So, in in some ways, um, if religious practice brings you some peace, that that could be one way. Just practicing rituals and things, accepting that there are some things that we cannot influence, yeah. and, and and that's just uh, the matter. Uh, of uh, learning how to come to terms with that. The second part is do what you can. So if you are, for example, in an industry that you, you are not, for example, flying or you, know, you have been uh, put on uh, unpaid leave, do see what other options you might want to pursue. Are there some other skilling that you could be doing? You know, do do explore what the options options are, um, and um, get the support uh, from. If if your family members cannot provide you that support, you're not comfortable going to family for support. Find find some other way of connecting with others, yeah. um, and um, I've seen this before with people who've been laid off. Uh, if you are the <coughs> breadwinner you are quite often uncomfortable to share this with your spouse. Of course. Yeah. Um, 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 but uh, you do need to kind of under, get, the, get the sense of that this is normal yeah. and saying out loud, Absolutely. okay, yeah. your life is turned upside down. No matter how difficult it is, we just need to overcome that, yeah. feel, that sensation of shame uh, or whichever might prevent us yeah. from actually talking about it as well. Yeah. But it, it's, it's brilliant that you mentioned this because what you're driving this towards is simply when you are in such a position, then again, control the controllable. Get, try to focus on what you can control. Maybe make the backup plans, see what else is out there, what you, what you could do to secure uh, your future. Do, do you need to um, study for another um, profession? Is there anything else you could do? Is there anything that you can do for your company, which is an, addition, uh, which is an, an additional value, sorry, um, that would actually help you in increase your probabilities of not, not actually getting laid off? Um, these things you, you can actually influence, mm. um, but not like holding on to that one thought of I'm, I'm going to be employed forever because that, that's likely not going to happen um, mm. in any, any circumstance anyway because there are so many things in, in this world we, we have zero control over no matter how good we are mm. as employees if, if the employer goes bust that's it and even it doesn't matter how well we did it, there's just no more money uh, to pay for your salaries and that, <clears throat> that leaves 
us as individuals, as the responsible ones, to actually make sure we can continue our lives from now. Mm. Yeah, and it sort of brings it back to what Laura brought up at the beginning. Take care of the basics oh, yeah. of yourself. You know, if, if you're getting so stressed out that you can't sleep, you know, there are different levels of remedies that you can take for that. Sleep deprivation, you know, it is a terrible thing. It's the most effective form of torture, and I can yeah. personally vouch for that, having uh, parented three children through the <laughs> young years. It was touch and go, guys. It was yeah. touch and go. <laughs> and if you're listening to this, guys, you know that your mother suffered. Uh, um, so, you know, really taking care of the basics. You know, sometimes you have to go to the back, the basics, because when we're, when we're stressed, we're drawn to the really unhealthy foods, uh, alcohol. alcohol, you know, other drugs. Yeah. Every, everything that distorts and somehow quickly gives you a soothe of that pain, whichever yeah. you're facing. So, no, so I said earlier that, you know, definitely don't be in denial if you're struggling. Uh, numbing is also not effective. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, numbing can take many forms. It can take, you know, I think a lot of people are numbing their pain right now by uh, compulsively reading the internet, compulsively buying every toilet roll that they can find in a supermarket because it gives you a, a sense that I'm, I'm doing something, I'm in you're control. somehow in control, yeah. Yeah, yeah. or numbing that you're too busy, your mind's too busy uh, and it can't, you don't have to deal with the pain. Have you guys, by the way, subscribed to the uh, MOH um, WhatsApp group or yes. the government? Oh, I haven't. Oh, Laura, you're missing out a trick. Oh, I yeah. am. <laughs> yeah. you, you can choose the language of your choice, four language oh, choices. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I figured for me it's easier not to read everything. Yeah. I figured I'm, I'm already part of quite a few parent WhatsApp group, groups due to school, mm. and they kind of share all the relevant information. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think everybody can make uh, their own choices. What I would say is, as long as you make sure you're listening to credible yeah. uh, sources, credible sources, there's a lot of stuff out there that it's kind of seemingly credible and it's actually nonsense mm -hmm. and can be hurtful. So, that's what I, I, I like the Singapore government's proactive. Way of and the communicating. great thing is, they actually to, to all the business owners, they they send weekly uh, updates. Yes. Through email, so I figured I don't need any WhatsApps because no. they send it once a week. You know, for employers, they send these kind of you know checklists. Mm. You know, have the just prepare for everything yeah. and you know educate your employees and, and this kind of very basic stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I also forward it to, to, to our team, mm -hmm. so they're informed as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've said, you know, you're welcome to come to me with any questions you have. I will not be able to answer, <laughs> but just, you know, my yeah. door is open. <laughs> yeah, but that's, that's it. Like, again, that's the social resilience. You know, do you need to have the answers individually? No, but perhaps the three yeah. of us around the table can figure stuff out. Let's, exactly. let's talk about it. And I've noticed within our team, it is important to actually uh, be allowed to talk. Mm. It's a topic that worries, and mm. once you talk about it, and then you highlight the cases, you mm. know, who, who were released from the hospital and are totally fine, all of a sudden things feel a bit, you know, easier or, you know, the crisis is a bit smaller. So talking, 
fucking helps. Yeah. And it, it's one of these things um, which you mentioned um, on previously is, is that it doesn't help for you scrolling through the news feeds and, and trying to find more information because it's one of these things that wherever your focus goes, energy flows. So yeah. I, I'll give an example of this, which is that, okay, if you, if you own a yellow car, most likely you will see many yellow cars in the road because your car is yellow or a certain brand, for mm-hmm. example. And the same thing is if you if you only read about virus infections and deaths, that's that's all you, mm. your life will be about, and that obviously has has a massive impact into your mm. mood, into how you think about things, which makes you think think and act irrationally mm. at the same time as well. So do be mindful in terms of where you actually direct your focus. Yeah, and and really, I, I love that being like really intentional and deliberate about your energy. So um, we have um, a regular family movie uh, at night on Fridays. And last Friday I was like, we are just watching a comedy. We're not watching any drama, no thrillers. Auschwitz. We we are going to watch something that's going to make us laugh. That's going to make us forget. Not because we don't care and we're not taking it seriously, but because you need that uh, part to balance it. I love it that you say it because... Ever since I became a startup founder, um, and for those who don't know what it feels like to run a startup, it's like, you know, everybody tries to kill you every day. They slam the door at your face, and you, you kind of come across failure day after day. Like, mm-hmm. there are some highlights when you either get funding or, you know, new team members or something super amazing, but those days are so rare. Mm-hmm. So, ever since I became a startup founder, I stopped watching anything but, you know, comedies. I just, in my free time, I do not wish to see drama or anything that, you know, reminds me of the struggles I face in everyday life, in a sense. And at some point I was asking myself, like, am I really this weak? Like, I I, I cannot, you know, I I really need to have a good laugh when, when it's my free time. Uh, and is this weird that I cannot face the reality through these drama, you know, series and whatever? But then I was like, it's you your know. outlet. It's, it's to feel yeah. happiness. Feel it feel is, that, yeah. and it's, it's really important. Really important is, part of self advocacy, yeah. knowing what you need and not being afraid to get yeah, it. Absolutely. Like that's like a big, big resilience muscle okay. right there. It is. Yeah. yeah. And another tip that I share with a lot of people is that because. People say, oh, Anna, you're always so energetic and, you know, when you're in the room and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, how can you have so much energy going on? I'm like, I have my playlists. You know, when I know I have to come and work a big room for a five-day engagement, there are, you know, certain songs, tracks that I will listen to. If I'm going to a different kind of one-on-one coaching, I have a different level of you know, different soundtrack, playlist, and another one to wind down when I'm coming home. Oh, absolutely. I love that. I love that so much. That touches me so deeply because mm-hmm. I, I do exactly the same. I was wondering <laughs> whether, because I don't know you that well, yeah. but that was my intuition as well. It's like you can actually use music a lot to, to, mm. to change your moods and change your state. It is like changing your state. It's funny, I was, I was doing like a personal test the other day as I was feeling a bit down I, I like to test myself with this so I was feeling quite down for some reason um, uh, a week ago or something like that like 
damn it, I don't, I don't want to feel like this. That, okay, so I was like, okay, well now if I play this song, this one mm. one of my, can I, can I like just still change my state like that? Yeah. And just, well, it doesn't feel like that, but I, I still consciously pressed that play button and just cranked it up a bit and stood up and just moved around a bit. It's like, it changed my state immediately. It's, it is the same thing and as... And now reveal the song. <laughs> yes! We want to know. Um, radical transparency, Nico. Radical <laughs> transparency. <laughs> yeah, so it is a, so- a song called We Control Sunlight by Ali and Fila. It is a great trans song, so all, all oh. the trans fans out there... Um, Tune of the year of 2011, so it's a pretty old song. Anyway, so, but it is the same type of context as or concept as as your your comedy evening. So on, it changes because if you face that negativity in your work um, every day and people slamming doors and deals not getting closed and all that stuff, and then you get that uh, like outlet of you know happiness and comedy, which makes you laugh and it. it it gives it changes your state out of that negativity as well yeah. which again helps you as a, as a person as a leader as an entrepreneur to build up that resiliency which Anna was mentioning previously which is because of the fact that if you would continuously uh, expose yourself to that negativity and watch drama and horror movies when you get home you feel miserable yeah. you, you, would, you would at some point likely break down as well because you'd just be this negative blob or something. Jack Black movies are my go-to. They're amazing. Oh. Nacho Libre is probably the, the <laughs> best one ever. Which, which one? Nacho Libre. Uh, okay. So that, that's watched it probably like 20 times. Mm. Um, and I, I would say a great addition to, to my situation is, is being surrounded by such amazing people. That helps because mm. you're kind of facing whatever comes across mm. with that amazing supportive bunch of people who are in it as well so they're sort of your troops your tribe um, I think that has been the the biggest savior but you know I wouldn't also undermine the comedies yeah <laughs> and you know there there is this thing that when you have to be responsible and you're the CEO and you know a lot of things hang on you and then you, you go home and your mum and you know a lot of things depend on you being you know like being able to let go of those responsibilities, yeah. you know, just yeah. being a little bit immature or, you know, young again, you know, like just free, yeah, just relax. And I have to say, uh, this past Saturday, we connected with our good friends who have that impact on me and my husband that you can we'll stop being very serious and very business minded and um, you know resilience is very <laughs> important but, and you can just make silly jokes and laugh oh, yeah. and, and, and feel the joy feel the joy and enjoy life because there's a lot of life Absolutely. to be enjoyed that's also one of the beautiful things in the startup scene because a lot of the founders are super young like these fresh grads and you know they have all these amazing business ideas and they're fully going uh, going towards that and we've been privileged enough to be uh, selected to many accelerator programs where I've had the like the most amazing weeks with these young crazy mostly fellas mm-hmm. and it has been so great to connect with them you know they share the exact same pains when it comes to fundraising you know hiring running a business scaling up all this kind of same crap 
and it, it has been delightful because they have such different, I would say, life circumstances. Mm. They, they're not, you know, the mom, and they haven't had the the long corporate career be- before their yeah. their startup days. But yet, we all share the same sort of very relevant issues, and we can all laugh about it, all brainstorm about, you know, mm. you know, whatever good solutions we've we've had and. It's just I think the startup community it's it's super open, super acceptive, and mm. I've found such amazing friends over the past mm. two three years when hanging out with other yeah. founders. Mm. Now now I've discovered the secret to your youthful <laughs> look <laughs> because I'm just thinking every year that I've known you you seem to be getting younger and younger oh, looking. So it's the amazing facial products, <laughs> yes, facial products to help that. <laughs> health habits but maybe it's just hanging out with young people yeah, it could be, right. could be. <laughs> it's been such an awesome discussion on, on Laura yeah. uh, it truly has um, maybe on a, on a sort of final note what would be your sort of top tips in terms of um, uh, coping with this with this crisis situation improving the resiliency mm-hmm. just to summarize uh, what we've gone through yeah so um, if you're struggling that's okay uh, a lot of us are struggling just remember this will come to an end. We are naturally creative and resourceful uh, um, species as human beings. We will figure a way out of this. Find something that brings you joy. Ideally, not junk food, alcohol or drugs, but something slightly more wholesome. But find joy. It's there if you look for it. It, it, it has been truly awesome discussion. Um, we have a choice uh, in terms of what we focus on. Let's try to focus on positive things, uh, recovery, our families, our social circles. Even though we cannot you know, go and meet them face to face, maybe let's do that FaceTime call or Marco Polo uh, face or uh, video message to our friends uh, or family members across the world or just in another part of the city, whatever the case is for you um, as well. Laura, any final thoughts? Uh, I would also highlight um, the things that Anna said earlier about taking care of yourself. Um, just make sure you eat well, you exercise, you know, if you cannot go to the gym, go, go, go for a walk outdoors or make it happen somehow, get some fresh air, sleep well, uh, take care of the very basics and a, um, just a very good tip to h- how to track that, how to do that, download the Healthzilla app, uh, you get lots of tips from there and can sort of uh, make sure that you, you, you keep track on, on sort of the, the, the things that you can you have control over so absolutely don't worry too much about what you cannot control focus on the things that you can control and together we will overcome this one as well as every single crisis out there previously too thank you so much uh, Anna and Laura it's been awesome thank you very much guys for listening this has been Heltzilla episode number 10 I will I will hear from you next week peace